Welcome to the Week 16 QB List Waiver Wire Show. I'm going to be your host tonight, Mario Adamo Jr. I'm here with Brian, uh, too much Brian, and we're going to be talking about the waivers for this upcoming Week 16. We're going to be talking about the Week 15 recap, the booms, the busts, news and updates. Uh, but before we get into that, Brian, how you doing? Well, not too shabby, you know, a little dehydrated, had to wipe the tears away, got too many losses in the playoffs for the teams that didn't make it. But you know what? I'm here for you. Here to help the people that made it through the playoffs, because uh, clearly that wasn't me. No, exactly. I'm more of the analytics guy, not the man in the arena. Look, I, in the league that cared that I care the most about, one of them I'm on by because I did so well. The other I'm on by because I'm in the consolation bracket. Uh, so two buys this week, one for good, one for bad. But it is what it is but okay we got a little bit of news to cover not too too much but let's jump right into trevor lawrence uh is in concussion protocol this week as of when we're recording this monday night so that's something to keep an eye on He was kind of banged up he had that rough hit uh two weeks ago wasn't sure if he's gonna play last week he ended up playing jaguars of course did fall to the ravens who are an absolute wagon right now but something to keep in mind you know if you have say jones Ridley, who's been just a ghost out there, uh, something to keep in mind. And this yeah, division honestly, also, yeah. I was just gonna say it's. I'm not that I'm happy that he's in concussion pro- protocol. Nobody wants to see a, a head injury, but I, it's kind of nice. I don't have to make these decisions going into my fantasy playoffs now. Uh, he's most likely gonna miss this week, and I don't want to have to make those decisions. Do I start him or do I not? Let's just have him out this week. Let me play my mm-hmm. backups, so we're not having to go through this. Because yikes, Trevor. Next year, that's what we're looking for. Next year. But at the same time, the AFC South is kind of wide open. I mean, they were the ones that were supposed to be taking it. So maybe they don't like that. It's wide open. But keep that in mind for the Jags' sake. Oh, But okay, let's jump in. Week 15 recap. We always give the booms first. They're flowers. We'll start off with, um, I'm talking about my boy, Jared Goff. We talked about a little bit of him in the sit start last week. There was maybe like, I don't want to say, controversy but it was like hey can we trust the lions like what's going on with golf what's going on with this team this offense i preached it jared goff he's an indoor cat he likes to play in the dome he can't he's a cali boy at heart he can't play in the cold and he bounced back he had a terrific outing i think it was five touchdown passes um unreal with those five like after it's it was all at me I sat there on the Start Sick podcast. Like, I can't trust Jared Goff in the playoffs. It really makes me <laughs> nervous. Broncos were playing great. And then he dumps those five tutties on us. Just mm, hurts you. I love seeing it. I mean, I don't I don't have any shares of him, but just as someone that reports a lot on the Lions in the Start Sit, I, I'm very familiar with the the home golf bump. So, and again, he's, he's away next week at Minnesota, but still in a dome. So I, I'll take that. I'll take dome golf. Dome golf is just as, not just as good, but just shy. Yeah, this 31-point outing for him in standard scoring, uh, it's the highest that he's had all season. It's the first time he's gone over 20 points since week 10. So, like, you know, our fears were legitimate. It wasn't anything that we should have um, been too surprised at. But, oh, man, that was just way to blow it up just in time for the playoffs, buddy. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, and we got one other quarterback on the boom list. You want to take him? Oh, I, I, who can? Who can take down this guy? Baker freaking Mayfield has been blowing it up the last couple of weeks, finishing as the QB2 on the week, uh, the Monday night game pending, of course. Uh, Drew Locke and Geno Smith could have the chance of, you know, maybe being up there. Probably not. <laughs> and then we've got Hurts. You know, he's, he's going to be wheeling and dealing on tonight. 
But uh, Baker completing 22 of his 28 passes, 381 yards, four touchdowns. It was, it's the showing that we needed. Like, it was a great game in Green Bay. Points all over the place. I, I loved watching it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He was, I saw that Baker was the first quarterback in the history of Lampo Field, uh, first away quarterback to have a perfect passer rating, which is crazy because Lambeau Field's been there for quite some time. Yeah, it's like it goes back all the way to like the nineties, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little farther back. A little farther yeah, back. Yeah, early nineties, at least. <laughs> oh. But all right, let's give some flowers to some running backs. And here's one that we spoke about having a good opportunity taking over the backfield role by himself, but we were a little hesitant after the team uh won three nothing the week before. So I'm talking about Ty Chandler running back for the Minnesota Vikings ended up with 23 carries for 132 yards and a rushing touchdown finished as running back number four before Monday night football, of course, but he was someone we were kind of indifferent on. We, we both recognized that he'd have the opportunity, but we just couldn't trust an offense that put up three points in 60 minutes of football. But Ty Chandler, I don't want to say shock the world, but you know, good for him. I th- what do you think like his viability is going to be these next couple of weeks? Oh, this this one's so difficult. I really wasn't sure if this offense was going to get moving, especially against Cincinnati, who had a you know decent game the week before. Uh, but Ty Chandler's going to draw Detroit, who over the season has had a great run defense. Of lately, they haven't been awesome, but uh, Detroit and Green Bay the last two weeks, the way he played, twenty three opportunities. I, I guess uh, twenty seven total opportunities, but twenty three on the ground. 132 yards it's kind of hard not to play him like it this is his backfield and we've talked before this guy's fast so like you know those breakout plays can't happen yeah you mentioned that the lions are a tough matchup and i'm, I'm looking at it now the lions are actually allowed the fourth fewest points to running backs you know, sandwiched in between the 49ers and surprisingly the falcons um so that is something to keep in mind you know in these playoffs you got to recognize matchups but gotta start the studs gotta start them uh, Speaking of yeah. studs, let's head up to Buffalo and talk about James Cook. No, no, not Dalvin. Let's get let's get out of that. This isn't 2018. It is James Cook time. And ever since they swapped offensive coordinator, what is it, uh, Joe Brady that's up there calling mm-hmm. plays, this guy's taken over. I don't know, unless you watch the game, you might not have realized. Buffalo completed seven passes. Uh, Stephan, Stephon Diggs saw five of 13 targets. Like, this is unreal. But who has to throw the ball when you've got James Cook back there tearing it up the way he did? 25 rushes, 179 yards and a touchdown. Plus, he caught two of his three passes for 42 yards and a touchdown. This guy's been great. Top three running back over the last two weeks. And get this, folks. He gets the Chargers this coming week. Let's go. Let's get it going. You can start digs as bad as he's played with James Cook right now because he's propping them both up. He certainly is. He's and I was absolutely shocked. Like the Dallas, I was I was very fearful about their defense, but it seems like their weakness is running the ball. And yeah, he uh James Cook currently running back two week before he was running back three. Chargers next week in the New England in the championship week. James Cook, not someone I would have expected us to be talking about mid-December, but here we are. Here we are. Okay. Uh I'm gonna go back to not sunny Detroit, but to Detroit uh, to talk about Jamar Gibbs. He had an electric week finishing as running back three at the moment. He had 24.8 points. 
11 carries for 100 yards. Love seeing that average, 9.1 yards per carry. Had a rushing touchdown. Also had a pass, a receiving touchdown as well because we mentioned golf was just slinging it. This is such an interesting backfield because I always kind of expect Montgomery to limit Gibbs, but it seems like Gibbs can just be his own independent man recently. He is absolutely going off. Yeah, the amount of matchups I had this week where I had Montgomery on my team and Gibbs was on the opposing team, and of course they Ooh. took me out of the playoffs. Oh, man, that one cut <laughs> you deep. Because Montgomery was on such a pace with his, his touchdowns, but ever since that Touchdown. injury, he just he hasn't had a consistent like week-to-week basis. So uh, Jameer Gibbs, I think that uh, the electricity, just the elusiveness in the way he runs, it he you know he's bound to break off at any time. Those touchdowns are always there. So I, I'm really excited for him going forward for you know the people that are still in the playoffs, of course. <laughs> yeah, Montgomery, the last two weeks, he doesn't have a touchdown. That's his first time this season, consecutive weeks without a touchdown. So you got to hope for some positive regression because I'll say I got my Monty shares. Um, but he has a tough couple games coming up at Minnesota and at Dallas. And we know Dallas is a wagon at home. Well, speaking of great running backs, we have to talk about the first round pick for the Kansas City Chiefs, Clyde oh Edwards. Hill. You know, I felt so bad after his fall from grace that first season. He just didn't live up to it year mm-hmm. after year. I've just been so excited. I'm like, oh, no, he's going to be a great deep grab. And here it is again. We've got the Chiefs backup running backs going wild. Uh, CEH finished uh, <laughs> as running back eight on the week. And then Jarek McKinnon slid in as uh, RB12 on the week. So these two are kind of hard to pick. I feel like McKinnon has some very um, more of the high upside plays right now. But CEH is getting more work. At the time, he's outsnapped McKinnon 37 to, thir- or 37 to 22 this past week. And that pass, I don't know if you saw it, the the catch that CEH had in the end zone. Sleepers got him listed at 5'7". He looked 6'7", the way he went up there and climbed that ladder. <laughs> it was an incredible catch. The stuff we were hoping to see three years ago, but hey, is it ever too late? Let's see it happen in 2023. No, better late than ever, especially when I got shares of him. Uh, it is right on time, Clyde. So, yes, absolutely. Both running backs did finish strong, like you said. like um, Clyde with 20 points, McKinnon with 16 points. So, It'll be interesting to see if they both kind of share the the close opportunities, right? Um, I'm looking that Clyde had 13 carries to McKinnon's four, so big difference there, but McKinnon did have that receiving touchdown. I think McKinnon is the one that caught that shovel pass from the wide receiver. Like I saw the little cutesy – like the Chiefs like doing that. They like playing with their food against the bad teams. They like having fun with the football. Well, as long as they're on sides, of course. Oh my gosh! Too soon. Did you see the Tony, <laughs> the Tony tip. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is losing it. Though I don't know how they. I mean, I I feel like it's just because that wide receiver room is so thin, especially with Sky Moore hitting IR today. Uh, they have to keep Tony in the rotation, but I don't think they want to. No, I'm worried. I think Tony's a sleeper agent from the league, from other AFC teams. So they're like, oh yeah, like you know, you're gonna go to Kansas City. He he is. In, in like the South Park episode, I think it's like Kyle's cousin who's just like so bad at baseball and just helps them like start losing tremendously. That is Kadarius Tony's role. It is, it's. I, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm worried about him in the playoffs. And if I'm a fantasy fan, I'm just not rostering him. It's that easy. Back unless you're running. a tanking dynasty team, <laughs> he's not a bad play <laughs> each and every week. I will say. <laughs> well, let's talk about a good play at wide receiver. 
Jordan Addison, the guy we said, let's fade him a little bit. Can Nick Mullins support all these players? Well, he sure can. Six targets, six catches, 111 yards, and a touch. No, no, we had two touchdowns. Yet again, second double touchdown game of the season for Addison. Uh, what's he looking at? Six, eight, uh, nine touchdowns on this. That's crazy for this rookie. But I will say the scariest part of this, he had so much production, but he only saw an 18% target share, the second lowest over the last eight games. So I guess this is that anomaly you have to play with. Yes, he had a big breakout game. They get Detroit next week. But with that low target share, you know, is he going to break off these big plays? Eh, Detroit, he has a decent chance because their secondary is softer. But I wouldn't be so quick to just throw him back and as a, like a, you know, sit it and forget it type of Agreed, agreed. He's someone where I, I do worry about the quarterback situation more than anything there. I th- I'm a little more optimistic about Mullins than I am about the past or not, but we're, we're going to have to see. Because also Jefferson was banged up this, this past week, right? So you have to think if he's fully healthy, he's gotten just more attention from the offense. Um, But I want to talk about another wide receiver, one who I completely, not completely, who I wrote off for this week. That is Miami Dolphin, Jalen Waddell. At the time of this, he's wide receiver two on the week. Finished with 28.2 points. Caught in eight of his nine targets for 142 yards in a touchdown, including a 60-yard bomb uh, in the 30-nothing shutout the Dolphins had over the Jets. This one was kind of surprising to me for a couple reasons. First was that the Jets, uh, we know that their secondary is electric. They give up the fewest points to wide receivers. Um, but also... I saw, you know, Tyreek being out, I thought would be worse for Waddle rather than good, right? Because now you have to think Gardner's going to shadow him. You're just going to have the best player on the defense just shadowing Waddle. Turns out it didn't matter. Turns out the Jets are just that dead that Waddle can go off. And I guess I wanted to just pivot this a little bit because now next week, you know, you just had a tough matchup. Obviously, it didn't matter. Next week, you're going, uh, you're home in Miami, but you're facing Dallas who is the fifth fewest points given up to wide receivers. So what do we do with Waddle? I know he's kind of like that boom bust wide receiver too, but after a game like this, like, what do you do? I think it was just proof that he's immensely talented and Mike McDaniel can scheme. He knows how to get uh, guys the ball. I saw comments after the game that Garrett Wilson was also like questioning, like, Look at that, Tyreek's gone, and they're able to get Jalen Waddle the ball. Manufacturers plays for him. Why can't they do that for me kind of a thing? Which, Ugh. clearly obvious, why aren't point. we doing that? <laughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, I'm not going to lie, even right before this game when Tyreek was called out, I had a, a buddy and I were going back and forth about, you know, the start-sit, and I, I was actually less confident in with in him with Tyreek out. Nobody else to draw, you know, Sauce Agreed. Gardner over to the side. They shut down wide receivers, but uh, you have to give it to them. Just, you know, between the talent and the scheme, it worked out well. Uh, thankfully, the the play was to sit Dalton Kincaid and uh, put in Waddle. So it, it worked out pretty well. But I, I was uh, I was quite nervous there for a bit, especially when Waddle got smacked early in the game, and, you know, left for a little bit. Yeah, he took that hit, but he did come back. And like I said, wide receiver two at the moment. All right. Well, it's about time we talk about this guy because he hasn't had his day in the sun all season. Christopher Godwin. I think Chris has got to be short for Christopher, right? You know, we're going to give him a formal name. Could be Christian, but we we don't know for sure. (laughs) He is fancy stuff this week. Wide receiver. I like Christopherson Godwin coming in as the wide receiver (laughs) four this week. 
uh, 12 targets, uh, highest of the season, 10 catches, highest of the season, 155 yards. Guess what, folks? Highest of the season. (laughs) (laughs) This was great work. As we talked about earlier, Baker was killing it in this game, uh, you know, over 300 yards, and Godwin got nearly half of it. Mike Evans, quieter day, but, uh, you know, I was glad to see Godwin still... He still has something, you know, you know, the player's not washed, 27 years old, kind of gives you a little bit of hope for next year. Don't know if I'm playing him going forward, but uh, attaboy. Totally agree with that. This is one kind of the waddle question, but even more blown up, right? Like even bit larger magnified because I am, and I have been worried all season about Baker supporting two fantasy viable wide receivers. And he kind of didn't last week. Like we saw Mike Evans didn't really get his shine and you have to think nine times out of 10, Mike Evans is going to be the guy. So, but we're happy for Godwin. He does play Jacksonville next week uh, at home and Jacksonville allows the 10th most points to fantasy wide receivers. So I do like Godwin as your wide receiver three, just because I can't trust that he's going to get 12 targets, bring in 10 of them any given week. Uh, But that brings me, unless you got anything else about him. Yeah, just kind of pointing out he has a target shares of thirty nine or thirty seven point nine percent and forty four percent over his last two weeks. So is this a trend we want to follow? I don't know. Not in the playoffs, maybe, but worth checking out. Oh, but no risk it, no risk it. You know, like you gotta put your chips in to win one to win it. So could could be interesting. I like that pointing out the snap count, like or the the target share is kind of treading in his favor. Um could be that diamond in the rough that you need. Uh I'm gonna take it over. To Cincinnati, talk about T. Higgins. T. Higgins bringing in four of his eight targets for 61 yards and two touchdowns, giving him a nice little boost of wide receiver 10 on the week with 22 points. T. Higgins, kind of a victim of the quarterback play, right? Like, that's kind of a theme about a lot of these wide receivers. It's like, you just can't trust the quarterback. Like, I can't trust Browning. But when the wide receivers are that talented, they just have the schemes to make them open. Get the two touchdowns, which really boosted his total. I'm sure he's not getting two touchdowns every week, but if you were brave enough to start him this last week, it paid off. He barely should have had two touchdowns in this game. That second one was unreal. The way he was able to contort his body and stretched in the goal line. Just he, he got a couple extra million on that contract. He's gonna be signing this offseason <laughs> for that catch. It was beautiful. It was. And I'll say next week, just looking ahead, he plays the the Bengals play at Pittsburgh. Steelers are pretty middle of the road um, when it comes to points per game that they allow. It looks like they're about 14th, maybe 16th. So very middle of the road. So it doesn't really move the needle too much for me. Well, you want to talk about a needle movement. It happened in Kansas City. Rushy Rice continues to be, I mean, I feel like the word great has to be thrown out there right now. He's seen nine and 10 targets in the last four games. Uh, seven catches is the fewest he's had 107, 64, 72, 91 yards and three touchdowns out of the last four games. They clearly have realized that, you know, Travis Kelsey, it's gonna be hard to say, but he looks like he might be, he's either very injured or he's losing a step or it could be a combination of the two, but they can no longer depend on him winning the game with Patrick. Uh, Rashi Rice has gotten involved. He's looked great. This guy's 6'2". He's a bigger target, so I'm really excited to see what he can continue to do. And as we kind of touched on pre-show, they've got Vegas and Cincinnati these last two weeks, which are good matchups for receivers. So uh, keep them in your lineup. 
very juicy matchups. And I think that big thing that you pointed out was the three touchdowns in the last four weeks. Like they are clearly trusting him with the ball. We've seen all the reasons why they wouldn't trust Tony. And I do agree about Kelsey. He just has not looked like his old self. I'm sure he's just maybe saving it for the playoffs, but he's not looking. He's looking vulnerable right now. So I, I like Raji Rice. He is, oh, he's rostered way more than I thought. 87% Yahoo, 82% in ESPN. So probably not a waiver option for you. Uh, but let's see. Someone who definitely isn't a waiver option. Um, rookie tight end sensation, Sam Laporta. We knew he was great, so we're not going to talk too, too much about him. But we have to give him credit for his first career three touchdown game. One of the three touchdowns came, and it was like a fourth down play in garbage time. And the Lions are just like, hey, why not? Like, let's hit this guy. So let's really just give him, like, a good career day. Brought in five of his six catches. Five catches for three touchdowns. Always a fun stat. Only 56 yards, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just completely eviscerated Vance Joseph in his uh, defense. Like, continues to prove that they are trash against tight ends. Yeah. And his next two matchups, you have at uh, the Vikings and then at... Uh, yeah, at Dallas, we kind of talk about this team and their matchups a little bit. But just looking ahead, um, yeah, Denver is ranked the lowest against tight ends. They allow the most points, which is crazy. The Vikings, on the other hand, they kind of mid. It looks like they allow the 10th fewest points, and the Cowboys tied for allowing the 9th fewest. But he's matchup proof. You're not, no hesitation with Sam Laporta. Small little plug here, too, with that. You, you talk about the Denver's allowing the most points to the tight end position. Well, what's hard with some of those numbers, you know, because they're skewed a little bit with that 70-point game for Miami, mm -hmm. they only allowed 3.4 points to Miami's tight ends. So you, even with that game as an anomaly, <laughs> it doesn't screw up the numbers. They are that bad against tight ends. So, folks, when we get to the waiver wire, Hunter Henry, uh, we're going to be talking about him. Let's just a little teaser there for you. But let's get to these busts because I need to talk about the wow. guys that ruined my playoffs. Let's Justin Fields. You're on deck, buddy. Uh, quarterback 25. Granted, I, I understand we should have tempered expectations a little bit. Cleveland's defense is incredible, but he didn't even complete 50% of his passes. He was 19 for 40, mm -hmm. one touchdown, two picks, only 30 yards on the ground on seven rushes. This was not the performance we wanted, not the one we needed. Are we trusting him next week against Arizona? Uh, I think so. I'm looking Arizona allows the fifth most points to quarterbacks. And the the Browns, we knew the Browns are going to be tough. They allowed the fifth fewest points, so a nice little flip flop. And you have to think you went to Cleveland this week. You're hosting Arizona. I will say, I think you needed to win. I think there's a little bit more pressure. I'll say on the Week 15 matchup because if you win that, the playoffs are kind of within reach. And you have the Panthers pick anyway, so it's like who cares if you start winning games right now? Mm -hmm. I'm still the number one pick, but I'm still firing them up next week. I it does kill me, like you said, under fifty percent of the passes. I did have Pat. I did have uh, Justin Fields going for me, and one of the other leagues that don't matter as much. But just hurts to see my boy cut down in his prime like that. I will say the picks. One of the picks was kind of bobbled and like shouldn't have been an interception. So I'm not too worried about that. Like his his actual play, but it's a pick on the stat sheet. Therefore, you get the minus. And Tunyon also dropped the potential game winner deep in the game, too. That was like a 40-plus yard pass that he just bobbled and dropped. So, yeah, Fields wasn't having the worst day ever, but he he wasn't as impressive as 
uh, a guy that's fighting for uh, his team not to take Caleb Williams number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tough to say. But if listen, if he didn't lose you the game this week, I am firing him up next week uh, versus the Cardinals. No hesitation. This next guy, though, I don't know if I'm firing him up next week. Uh, you mean the hottest quarterback in the league? The one that cooled off up there in Buffalo? Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. <sighs> yeah, Mr. Dak, Dak Prescott. Mm. Dak Prescott. I mean, listen, we knew that the Cowboys, like, they're going to choke when it comes to playoff time. I didn't know it meant fantasy playoff time was when the choking starts. Yikes. Bad game. You want to talk about his game? I'm, ugh, I'm looking at the numbers. I can't get them out. This thing, it was horrendous all the way apart. Like, this, the Buffalo came out. I mean, like we said, they, they rushed the ball nonstop. So the Cowboys just could not stop them. Uh, Dak was 21 for 34, only 134 yards. He had an interception. I mean, Tony Pollard had, was decent, 11 carries, 52 yards. But, you know, CeeDee Lamb came up short, only uh, 7 for 53 yards. This team just, they just weren't inspired. Now, granted, I did see a report came out right before the game that Dak and several other players, uh, like a dozen or so, were dealing with some sort of illness. Evidently, some coaches mm -hmm. were too. So I, I would say that as well, just kind of hedging yourself in case you lose. It is Dallas. But maybe we'll just uh, knock this one up to Buffalo had to win. And, you know, they had the sniffles. I think that's we We heard reports about when – the Cowboys played Philadelphia where Micah Parsons, you know, he was questionable to play with the sickness. Jalen Hurts had the sickness. So I do think there's like that kind of NFC East bug going around. Yeah. Like you said, the, the bills needed to win this game. So now you're traveling to Miami. We've seen that the Cowboys are definitely not the same team away that they are at home. So I think this one's going to be a really, really interesting matchup. And you're probably starting Dak again. I mean, he's just done too much for you. Uh, so you're probably trusting him again, but this this one stunk. But you know which one I really believe was like my probably shockingest bust of the week would go to Derek Henry, Tractor Cito, the man who normally terrorizes the Texans. I, I believe I saw a graphic during the broadcast that he had 200 plus rushing yards in four of his last five matchups against the Texans. You have to feel as good as can be firing him up in the first week of the playoffs. What happens? Six, 16 rushing attempts, nine yards. Less than a yard a carry. No touchdowns. Maybe not obviously, but no touchdowns. He did catch all four of his targets for a yard. Finished Wait, with five so points. are you trying to convince me that Derek Henry touched the ball 20 times and only had 10 yards because I know you're looking at some false. Shoot. There's no way that Derrick Henry did that. It's tough. And I mean, it, it's not Ryan's and, and coach of the year. Wow. And PPR. He had four points like from those catches. So if you're playing half PPR or even standard, if you're playing standard. Derrick Henry got you one point against the Texans. That's like, I, I'm writing in 20 points if he's playing the Texans normally. Earlier this year when he played Houston, and he didn't play Houston earlier this year. So week 17, if he's in the championship, if you're in the championship, I don't know what you're going to do. But like I said, this one, biggest shocker, worst game of his career by far. Yeah, he was the talk of the town, I feel like, probably about midseason, right before the trade deadline. Hey, go get Derrick Henry. He plays the Texans two of the last three weeks, both of those in the yep. playoffs. 
like you said, over 200 yards and four of his last five, like set up for just so much failure. There's no way anybody could have imagined him finishing less than 60 oh. yards, much less with only 10. Gross. But I'm done with that. We're moving on. Derek, you're behind <laughs> us. Uh, so is Will Levis, too. We didn't really cover him, but it looks like he might have an ankle sprain. You maybe not. Yeah, he does maybe have the ankle sprain, but I'll say you probably weren't starting him with too high confidence anyways. But Saquon Barkley, another letdown. Nine carries, 14 yards, uh, two catches for 23 yards. Granted, we know what New York is. They're not a great team. They don't inspire greatness, but he just has so much work. But it, it's been streaky. Uh, What's the last five, six weeks? He's been every other game's been a dud, so... I guess you follow the trend. He gets Philly next week. It should be a good game if you follow that trend. But I am very nervous to play him against Philly. The, the great run defense that they have, even though that you know Barkley can catch the ball from the backfield. Yeah, Philly. It's tough because they are the number one defense against running backs at this moment. But okay, just Homer, watch easy there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say I've also have eyeballs and I've watched their last two games. So not counting the Seattle game, which is going on right now. They got decimated by. CMC, so does everybody. And then Tony Pollard was also just running all over them. So not it's one of those interesting ones where according to the numbers, it's like, yes, the Eagles number one against the running backs, but they actually haven't been really. But it's gonna be Christmas Day matchup. Should be fun. And we'll see. Like you said, every other week he's been looking good. Maybe we get some Tommy DeVito magic back flowing. We'll have to see. Seven fishes on Christmas. I don't know if you got to factor in the seven fishes bump. Uh, I hope so, but it's it's gross. It's gross. Yeah. <sighs> and now the grossest of them all. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> Arthur, get up here! It's time to talk again, buddy. What are you? What is he doing? We were, we've been so nice. We haven't criticized him for weeks. Nice. He went four straight weeks doing. What any sane, rational coach would be doing. Play your studs. And you have to think. He knew, He knows when the fantasy playoffs oh. is. Was he building us up over four weeks to think, oh my gosh, Bijan's going to run wild. And then he sits him. This was the lowest snap percentage of Bijan's career outside of the headache, headache game. Uh, folks at home, my, my fingers air quotes there. Uh, <laughs> this was unbelievable Cordell Patterson getting the only touchdown in the game got the uh, touchdown <laughs> Algier out there getting out snapping up like I don't get what is going on is he that unhappy as the head coach maybe he's just like come on Arthur or what's it yeah Arthur, Arthur Blank the the owner fire me. Arthur, please yep. fire me I want to go back to OC I don't know what he's doing but Bryce Young might have been our savior we might have a glimmer of hope in 2024 if Arthur has been fired because they, they lost that game. They're now outside of the, the playoff picture. So uh, my rant's over. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, I'm looking at his snaps uh, the previous two weeks. Week 13, 51 snaps for 75% of the snap count. Week 14, 56 snaps for 78%. And this week plummeted to 30 snaps for 58%. So 30, 20% less, 26, 26 actual snaps less. Like you said, Cordell Patterson got the only touchdown, like back from the grave. Absolutely a bummer. And he had great matchups. Like the Falcons have been facing great matchups for running backs. They just played the Panthers, who allowed the third most points. 
Next week they play the Colts. Your Colts allow the fourth most points, but it's like I don't even know if you're confident doing starting them in that situation. I, I really have. Uh, I'm at a loss for words here. Twenty six percent of the running back rush shares this week, season low. That is horrendous. That is just <sighs> bad coaching. It's it's uh, gross. It's, it's bad coaching, and you know what? I don't want to touch this, so I'll defer to our Wednesday night guys for for the Thursday pod. I'll let them figure out if we should start them or not. Yeah, let's move on to these bad wide receivers. Brandon Ayuk, <laughs> first bad one of the year. Uh, wide receiver 52, not a great game. But when you've got Debo Samuel and CMC on your team, I mean, you got to expect he's not going to get it all, right? Yeah, agree. This is one. You hate to see it this low. Like, he got six points. His next lowest was seven points back in week two. Um, You hate to see it this low. But like you said, like there's just so much talent. And Brock Purdy is someone like unlike Baker Mayfield, where I do think he can support multiple fantasy viable people. It just, you know, turns out there's also Kittle. CMC is probably worth three people right there. And Debo is going to continue to feast. So just a bad week for Ayuk. Not a lot to say. Yeah. Uh, he, Brock Purdy definitely missed him on a long ball. So Ayuk's day could have been different. So uh, I'm still starting when he's got a rough matchup with Baltimore. But like you said, there's so many pieces here. I think Baltimore is going to struggle to contain all of them. Yeah, exactly. You have to think like just so many mouths to feed. He'll get his on a team that has less mouths to feed, but probably one of the worst quarterback situations. Garrett Wilson of the Jets. We've been having some fun life with Garrett Wilson recently. Week 14, he had targeted 14 times, caught nine of them for a touchdown or not for a touchdown, uh, but he still went nine catches, 108 yards. Love seeing that. This week, he had 10 less targets, only four targets, brought in three of them for a measly 18 yards. And you have to think, like, just looking at this score, 30 to nothing, why weren't the Jets just slinging it to him as much as they could? But Zach Wilson was just getting decimated. The line could not block him. He's really just beat up Zach Wilson in the backfield. So, stinks to see. But bright side, they're playing the Commanders next week, who allow the second most points only behind my Eagles. What a dichotomy. Eagles, fewest points to running backs, most points to wide receivers. How about that? <laughs> hey, you got to give it up somewhere. I, yeah, I, and they're giving it up all right. So Garrett Wilson's absolute stinker, but he's a stud. You're probably starting him in that juicy, juicy matchup. But again, Wednesday problem. And DeAndre Hopkins possibly could have a Tannehill problem this coming week. Like we said, Will Levis, you know, he's, his starting ability is going to be up in the air. He, he did leave the game hurt. But Hopkins, uh, nine targets, great. And he finished with what, six, seven catches? No, two catches, 21 yards. We're done here. That's all that really happened. Uh, this, I, I guess it's just Houston. This defense plays so well like they play hard for their coach like despite them only having a yeah. handful of really like impact players uh but deandre hopkins shut down and you were kind of like like D'Amico ryan's it's like but but seriously you know like he it is clear that the the team is is playing for him and you love seeing that even with like the adversity and the injuries it's like the texans are still being competitive i, I believe they're eight and six tied with the two other teams in that division so mm-hmm. it. this next one we'll do a little combo deal so Baltimore wide receivers. We kind of been saying positive things about Odell these last couple weeks. He had a touchdown uh, week 14, 10 targets. Love seeing that. This week came back down to earth. 
three targets, brought in one of them for 14 yards. And Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers is someone I've been high on most of the year. He's had good snap count, good target share. I'm pulling up his snap count now. Um, yeah, I mean, that's continued to be great. Like he's his 84% snap count, snap count percentage, Zay Flowers, but didn't do anything with it. Only three targets. Uh, excuse me. Only two targets. Caught one of them for seven yards. Stinker of a stinker day. And they, st- but they still won twenty three to seven. So it was working for them. What do you think they'll do next week at San Francisco? This one's gonna be rough, especially because they lost yet again another running back, Keaton Mitchell, out for the year torn ACL. <laughs> Gus Edwards and Justice Hill are gonna be the main two guys back there again. <laughs> I don't know. This team finds ways to win. They grind it out. It's it's pretty ugly out there, but I mean, I, I feel like you, you still have to start the wide receivers. Uh, the, the one place you do beat uh, the 49ers is at the wide receiver position. So, I mean, Bateman being the, the highest targeted wide receiver with six targets. I hope that doesn't screw things up too much. Ugh. Was that his first week having the most targets? I actually have to... I'm fact-checking that now because I feel like Zay Flowers – yeah, I mean, so week 14, Zay Flowers and Beckham each had 10 targets. Um, and it looks like you have to go all the way back to week – no, this is the first week Bateman has led the wide receivers in targets with six, which is with crazy. six. So, yeah, nothing yeah. even that impressive. So you have to just think – this will throw us up to like flu game. I don't think anybody was actually sick, but you just burn this tape. You don't even think about it. Moving on to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then uh, last guy I want to mention here, just because, you know, he hurts me deep. We weren't expecting too much from this guy, but Taysom Hill in a game where Chris Ovalave was declared out, you had to think that he was going to get more involved. Uh, they were able to rush the ball in this matchup, and we just we really didn't see a whole lot from him, uh, especially because of uh, the corpse of Jimmy Graham popped in there to steal an- three, three straight weeks he's had a touchdown. Like, how is this? He's Are we not talking six, about him enough? <laughs> six catches, three touchdowns on the season. What's going on here? I don't get Efficient. it. I don't get it. <laughs> Retire, man. You're 37. You should be at home with your feet up with wings in your lap. I don't know why you're doing this. He had two targets, two catches for nine yards and a touchdown. Yeah. He's just he's just the goal line guy, I guess. Listen, but like you said, he's six seven. You know, we all know he played basketball, so he's got the ups. Did you know he played basketball? (laughs) So but thirty seven. Good for you, I good for you, Jimmy Graham. You're still in the league, huh? All right, my Achilles would be popped if I was 37 out there. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely brutal. Like Taysom, he has that fun little uh, dice roll, but he did only have 12 snaps last week, which is his lowest since week one where he had nine. Yeah, I get rolling the dice with tight end, but there's way higher upsides than, than th- tossing out there with him, even with his three straight touchdown weeks. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's our boom bust, though. Always fun. Now let's talk about the waivers, right? We're in waiver pod. So we'll start with the running backs. We kind of talked about some of these guys in the booms. And now we're going to be hunting after them. So I'll just say, like, who is your top fantasy running back waiver target? Uh, It's a little gross, but I think it has to be... Right now, I feel like the, the, 
Chiefs running back, CEH and McKinnon, I, they're going to be higher owned. They're just over that cusp, about 50%, but they 100% need to be picked up. Uh, like we've kind of talked about, the Chiefs have a great remaining schedule. Uh, they get used quite a bit. And with these receivers not able to catch the ball, that's what these two running backs are great at. That is why they're in the backfield. Pacheco's their grinder. Uh, so the fact that they're having to run these two out there, they're still going to be catching passes. So I think both of them should be owned in just about every league. 100% agree with that, Sam. Clyde was going to be my number one. I'm looking now, 40% Yahoo, 32% ESPN. Talk about the cakewalk schedule. You have to think that this offense, these last couple of weeks, they want to get up early, and then they just want to coast. They don't want to throw the game away by throwing the ball to Tony. We've seen that Kelsey is not himself. I expect the Chiefs go up a touchdown or two, and then we're just going to see double-digit carries for – I expect it for Clyde, maybe for McKinnon. Clyde would be my number one, but. What about you? Uh, Where's your attention yes. going to in the running backs? Yeah, you sold my number one guy, so I'll have to scroll on down. But Ty Chandler would probably be my next guy up. Madison, I still haven't heard anything about Madison's health, if he's coming back anytime soon. I don't think he is. And Cam Akers, we know, is out for the year because I learned the hard way. When I was like, when's Cam Akers coming back? He's out for the year. So, um, <laughs> But Ty Chandler, opportunity, 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 right? 23 rushing attempts to go along with his four targets last week. He's going to continue to just be the the bell cow in Minnesota. I thought this offense was dead when they won 3 nothing. And you know what? We've seen that Detroit's defense, that's Detroit's biggest weakness right now. Like their offense is lights out, but their defense does show to be human. So I, I, I like... Uh, Chandler to find the end zone next week. I think that's a nice little sprinkle a little on that. Uh, another guy I want to throw out. Um, I actually didn't put him on our list right here in front of us, but I want to mention Dante Foreman. I touted him mm. a little too much on the start sit podcast this past week. Uh, for some reason, I don't know. I was overlooking the Browns defense, but I think he has a great chance at a bounce back game playing Arizona Cardinals. You can run up and down them, even if you're not CMC. I know that's what we watched this week was Christian McCaffrey go all over the place, but they've been having guys do it all season long. So I think Dante Foreman, I think a two touchdown game is completely in the realm of possibilities for him this coming week. I love that one. And if someone like following the Bears, like Devonta Foreman <clears throat> has kind of been the guy taking over that backfield after it seemed like Herbert was going to be the guy. There's the whirlwind of injuries back there, but Foreman, now that everybody seems healthy, Foreman seems like be the guy. So I like that. I'm going to flip to another running back. This one on the opposite side of that Kansas city matchup in week 16, the cakewalks schedule that they have <clears throat> is Zamir white running back for the chart, no, not the chargers, the Raiders, Josh Jacobs, Still some uncertainty about his health. And we kind of talk about where you just want to have the opportunities. You just want to be in the position to, to have, be able to see the field right and to do something with it. White saw 17 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. Granted, that was an absolute whomping of the Chargers. I don't expect them to whomp Kansas City at Kansas City. I think this one's going to be a tougher matchup. Kansas City's actually allowing the 10th fewest points, so... It's not juicy, but you're in a deeper league. He's only rostered in 15% of Yahoo leagues, 7% of ESPN leagues. Like he's a good dart throw just based on his opportunity alone. And if he's someone where if he trips into the end zone, you're stoked about that. You are stoked about that. 
Yeah, I don't think it's a bad call at all. Playing over 70% of the snaps last week for the team. Uh, like you said, the, the Chiefs, tough defense, but the Raiders seem to always play them pretty well. Maybe only for the first half, uh, kind of like this previous <laughs> game, this meeting. But they, I mean, I'm pretty sure they got up on them like 17-7 in that first meeting. Uh, mm -hmm. Didn't do anything after that. But I don't think that we're going to see him drop a goose egg, uh, despite, you know, the Chiefs should handle them pretty well. Um, but yeah, Zamir White, I love it. Uh, a couple guys I want to sprinkle in here. I'm not going to really say too much about them because I don't know how much I trust it. But uh, we, we have to mention Tyler Algier. Uh, he got way yeah. too much work. <laughs> Arthur Smith just might want to watch the world burn, so we could see something happen there. But I don't <laughs> like I don't like having to choose. It's just dumb not to play Bijan, so unless there's some sort of injury we don't know about, I don't know why he's going to continue to see more snaps. But like I said, not going to talk about him, and here I go ranting on him. Uh, Chase Brown <laughs> is another guy I want to talk about. He did have a huge increase in his role this past week. Uh, electric guy. Another one of these just young, really fast running backs. Uh, saw an increase this week as I try to stall out talking so I can get you guys some real numbers on him. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, only 19% of the snaps, but he had seven touches as well as uh, three targets for the second week in a row. So uh, somebody we could be looking at against Pittsburgh this week. No, I like that a lot. Those are some good numbers. I got, I'll say this guy is probably my last one because we have some other names on here. Um, but I'll say this one's probably my last one. I'm having any serious thought. And even that's like pretty generous, but that's Justice Hill, Baltimore. We did see, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but Keaton Mitchell, I don't think he's playing football again this year. It's been, you know, he has the ACL issue. He's not sipping Aaron Rodgers' magic juice. So probably not coming back. But, um, well, I will say it's probably going to be the Gus Edwards show we've kind of seen in this situation earlier in the year when they had J.K. Dobbs go down pretty early, and it was like, who's the guy going to be? Gus Edwards kind of emerged from that. I'm looking, Justice Hill did have 10 fewer snaps than Gus Edwards, 28 to 18. Um, but again, it's kind of a dart throw. We saw early on he was seeing the end zone week one. Uh, Hill saw two touchdowns again in week five. He saw the one and then a big drought after that. That's kind of when the Gus bus really emerged, but it's a dart throw. It's at San Francisco. This guy's probably like my sixth, seventh guy, but you're in a deep, deep league. And you know, when your guys got hurt, why not? And then the last couple guys will cover, uh, like you said, guys get hurt. Jordan Mason needs to be you know, he needs to be picked up. He is the backup yeah. to Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is on an MVP pace. He is an unstoppable train. But if they lock up this first overall seed uh, within this week, which I think they can if the Eagles lose tonight, uh, you know, there's a chance that maybe they pull back his snaps, they rest him a little bit. Uh, he did have a play where he looked a little banged up. Obviously, he went right back out there and crushed it. But Jordan Mason mm -hmm. needs to be picked up just for the security reasons. And then Zach Moss, we saw him and Michael Pittman both leave for the Colts despite their romping of the Steelers. Hey, Misha Callen. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Trey Sermon did take the bulk of the load afterwards, 17 carries, 88 yards. We also saw Tyler Goodson get 11 carries for 69 yards, had two catches. But Trey Sermon has been the guy that's usually plugged in as the backup. So uh, probably not somebody we're going to put money on in waivers, but the day after waivers run, you didn't get the guy you wanted. I think he's a great stash piece for uh, you know not blowing any fab or waiver priorities on. 
Love that, especially this time of the year where you may have blown all your fab already. Mm-hmm. Last guy, I, I totally forgot to mention, this is my homer pick. But Boston Scott, Eagles play the Giants next week. Boston Scott seems to only score his touchdowns against the Giants. An absolute lottery ticket of a play, but could also just be guaranteed house money. So (laughs) take that as you will. So, okay, those are the running backs, and we can kind of compare them to where we have our wide receivers afterwards. But if we're looking at our top, I'll say our top two, we can even sprinkle it out to top three. But I guess in my mind, I see kind of two above the rest, but I'd love to get your thoughts. Um, The easy play is obviously the Chiefs running backs, but since those are over 50%, I will go, uh, I think, Justice Hill. Uh, His snaps have always been up there the last few weeks, despite his touches not being up there. Um, But I I think he's a great grab, especially going against the 49ers this week. Uh, Not that they're a great play, but with him coming out of the backfield, dump off, stuff like that. Uh, So I'm going to throw him up there. And then Zamir White. He's just getting too many touches to be ignored. I was kind of, I would agree where it is. CEH is my number one. It seems like he's like just right around that 50. So hopefully you're on that good side of the coin in your league. After that, maybe Ty. I'd probably be Ty Chandler. I like the matchup against the Lions. It seems like you can score on them. And then I would probably just have White over Hill. But they're both kind of in that situation where you're on. I mean, Hill's on a good team, but you're, you're they're both facing a good team, right? So there is that little worry. They're going to get down early. How much work are these guys going to see? But I think white just has that volume opportunity. Long story white. short, make sure you have CMC on your team. So you don't need these guys. Yeah. I mean, just draft, <laughs> just draft Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that's like my best fantasy advice. That's what <laughs> just draft Christian McCaffrey. But okay. Let's talk about these wide receivers. There's a couple, I'll say not as many, running backs but there's a couple good names out here i'll let you kick it off who is tickling your fancy for these wide receivers uh i feel like i do it every week curtis samuel people we talked about it on the start sit he is my favorite receiver of the commanders right now despite terry mclaurin finally you know doing something decent last week but uh curtis samuel was all too involved he gets the the runs he gets the passes I, I like his involvement too much. Uh, Noah Brown was a guy we were very hesitant to pick up, just CJ Stroud being out, him having a couple goose eggs the last two weeks, but this guy needs to be owned. He needs to be picked up because CJ is probably coming back. So uh, those immense targets are probably coming back towards him. Yeah, 100% agree about Noah Brown. And he's had those two weeks of 20-plus points. So we know Noah Brown can't be the guy. Like Once is a fluke, but he's done it twice. So he has my undying faith. I'm going to talk about... Back to Detroit, I like talking about them. Uh, but uh, Jamison Williams, he was someone who, especially early on in the year, I kind of viewed as a Deshaun Jackson play, like a late Deshaun Jackson play where, hey, he's going to get two targets a game, but they're both going to be 60-yard bombs, and sometimes he catches one, and he's going to get you up 12 points. But if he doesn't, he's going to get you, you know, point points, percentages of points. But I'll say his snap count is trending in the right direction. Um, week 13, he played 33 snaps. Week 14, 38. Week 15, 45. Big jump there. I like to see that. He had seven targets last week, a career high. Caught four of them and no touchdowns, but just seeing the usage, seeing the snap count, I really like seeing that. And they are playing Minnesota next week at Minnesota, but it's a dome, so we like that. And Minnesota is pretty average against wide receiver so that doesn't really move the needle 
another guy I'm looking at, uh, we saw Jaden Reed have a, another great day, six catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. But it uh, looks like he came up with a toe injury. Hopefully we're not looking at turf toe because I think it's the stupidest injury in the world, and it blows my mind how it just knocks guys out. But if for some <laughs> reason we're missing him, uh, Christian Watson should still be out with that hamstring injury. It usually keeps him out at least one more game. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, I think, is the next guy up to be looking at. Uh, another rookie. I uh, saw something. The average age for Packers wide receivers this year, 24 years old. Wow. The fact that we have a bunch of 24-ish year old guys running this wide receiver room in this National Football League franchise, it just blows my mind. <laughs> I was nowhere near responsible enough to be in that kind of way. You know, just... I did something wrong to not be able to <laughs> But this guy, he's decently sized, uh, 6'1", 206 pounds. He's seen six and seven targets over the last two weeks. Uh, brought in six of them this week for 97 yards. A uh, huge uptick in plays. He was on the field for 78% of snaps. I think this is the guy we're going to see plug in. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, obviously, he's still going to be in there. Uh, owned a little bit more in leagues, but uh, I think Wicks is going to be the play for uh, for the receivers out of Green Bay. I like it. And then a tier one name, D- Don Tavian. Am I saying that right? <laughs> yeah, love it. Don Tavian Wicks. For me. Oh, my gosh. that is That is a name. Okay, let's see. A couple guys left. I'm going to give a shout-out to Josh Palmer, Joshua Palmer. He's someone early on in the year we thought, oh, maybe he's going to be the Mike Williams replacement. And he was kind of all right. He had 14, 10-point finishes, you know, a couple double digits. Then was an absolute ghost. I believe he had that injury, which is why he didn't play any of these games week 9, week 14. Didn't really see the field at all. Uh, But last week... Came back with a vengeance. Turns out he was just a Keenan Allen replacement, not the Mike Williams replacement. So four for four, 113 yards. Big chunk of that, though, was his 79-yard touchdown. So you can't count on that every single week. And came in garbage time after they were already getting blown out. Next week, you're playing Buffalo. Which I smell is... garbage time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buffalo does allow the ninth fewest points to wide receivers. But like you said... It just need one garbage time play. I like it. And they are home, so you make Buffalo travel to sunny L.A. But, yeah, that is an ugly one. Uh, another f- a couple of just rapid fire here. Jamar Chase could be dealing with some injuries, could miss some time. Tyler Boyd, obviously, he's the easy plug-in when you're missing either Higgins or Jamar Chase. Uh, Shahid. Uh, Raheed Shahid for the Saints. Didn't have a great day overall, but the – Routes run, I believe he was second in routes run for the team. So uh, those are the promising things you want to see. He's a big play guy, so he's going to have these disappearing acts. But I think it's a, a play that's uh, it's there if you really need it there uh, against the Rams this coming week. And then Wandale Robinson, it's gross. It's Danny DeVito throwing the ball. It's inconsistency. Wandale Robinson can't really catch the ball more than four yards down the field. But, you know, targets can be there. So if you're really in a pickle, he's there. And plus side, they're playing the Eagles, who allow the most points to fantasy wide receivers. This is true. Okay, so these wide receivers, two-parter question. One, let's rank them. And second, uh, I kind of alluded to this. Like, I think I'm higher overall in running backs this week than wide receivers. But is there any that you're, you know, like, I guess weave in some of these running backs too, where it's like where we – prioritizing like is there anybody we should really drop the leftover fab on 
if Curtis Samuel is still out there, I think he really should be owned. Him and Noah Brown, I think, are my two favorite picks over the running backs this week. Uh, mm. Noah Brown is going to be the number one target for C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud has been holding up multiple pass catchers, so even if Dalton Schultz continues to get worked in there like he did this past week, I, I think he's a great play. And Curtis Samuel, he is playing the Jets, who we are immensely afraid of yep. in the wide receiver position if you're not Jalen Waddle. But the one place you really shred up the Jets is in the slot position. And Curtis Samuel's taking the majority of the slot routes for the receivers, so I think that gives him a great opportunity. We might see Jacoby Brissett this week. Uh, we did see Sam Howell get benched. So uh, regardless of the quarterback, though, I really like Sam uh, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I do too. I was going to point out that Jets, you know, playing after Jets, it is a scary matchup. But I kind of think, as we saw in the Dolphins game, where it's just, I think this team is kind of just flirting with being dead, kind of giving up. And so you have to think a lot of that was, you know, being good against wide receivers is early on where you still have that twinkle in your eye, but. I, I like that Curtis Samuel play. Um, what okay, about you? your favorites? Yeah, I. And maybe Josh Palmer, especially if well, Keenan Allen misses another week. But if he doesn't, then it may be. It may be Wandell. It might be that Christmas Day shootout, which seems crazy. But I think Tommy Cutlets has a bounce back game against the Eagles. I like just because it always seems to happen, especially if. The Eagles, uh, I believe they're up right now, ten nothing. But the Seahawks are in the red zone. Um, but all like it would just be so perfect where the Eagles, if they win tonight, they take the NFC East back from the Cowboys. But then I could see them just dropping it next week to the Giants, and it's like, well, like perfectly NFC East. So I think I'd like Wandell the most surprisingly after after Noah Brown. I think Noah Brown's my number one. I think he's going to be the guy. Samuel, I'll be a little hesitant on just because the Jets matchups does still scare me. And although Samuel had the two touchdowns last week, before that, his last touchdown looks like it came back in week six. So a little hesitant on that. But uh, but I do think I'd pick the running backs over. I would pick CEH as my number one if you can. Then maybe Chandler. Then I'm dabbling with these wide receivers. I don't hate it. I like it. All right, so now uh, we got our tight end guru. We have the tight end um, streamer article author with us. So it would be a waste if I didn't have you talk us through the tight ends. Who is your number one tight end? And if he is owned, like where are we looking elsewhere? Uh, Isaiah Likely. I feel like we hit on him just about every week since the Mark Andrew injury. If he's still unowned, folks, go get him. Uh, another guy I'm just going to kind of breeze over because most of y'all that are listening, you read the article. You saw Tucker Craft. We knew to play him this week. Uh, but yeah, with especially with Jaden Reed possibly being out, there's going to be more targets funneling down that way to Craft. Uh, he has plugged in for uh, Luke Musgrave, so he's only been going the last few weeks, but he's looked good. Uh, a couple of touchdowns over the last three weeks. Uh, but I think my favorite one, I, I kind of hinted at it earlier, it's got to be Hunter Henry. And I know, I know, it's horrible. The quarterback situation stinks. The team overall is even worse. Rumors are Bill Felichek's getting out of there for sunny LA. But they're playing Vance Joseph and the Mr. I don't give a crap about tight ends. So Hunter Henry is probably looking at a multi-touchdown game somehow from this poor offense. But Hunter Henry is my number one pickup for the week. 
I love that. And I'm seeing now he had nine targets last week, brought in seven of them. I think his nine targets, it's loading, it's loading. His nine targets led the team last week. Um, yeah, they've got no receivers left right now. They are banged up. Yeah, Devontae Parker, not the guy. Demario Douglas still just kind of finding into his role. Um, and we know Kendrick Bourne, my waiver wire pickup of the year back in week one. We know he's been missing time. I mean, come on, the Patriots have Jalen Rieger out there running routes. It's it's <laughs> ugly in that receiver room. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I I like Hunter Henry as the number one, and it looks like he is rostered only in 24% of Yahoo, 18% of ESPN. Super juicy matchup next week, and then week 17 in the championship. He's going to Buffalo um, for them to try to play a little bit of spoiler. So we like seeing that, but Buffalo looks like they allow the seventh fewest points, but... That's a problem for week 17, one week at a time. And uh, Gerald Everett does get Buffalo this week. He's saying eight targets over the last two weeks. If Keenan Allen misses again, he's going to be heavily targeted as well with Joshua Palmer. So uh, if you can't find one of those top three guys that we already mentioned, Gerald Everett, go for him. Love it. I love it. All right, you handle tight end so well. So it should be at least my duty to kick us off for quarterback. I'm going to start with a waiver wire wizard here, folks. Let's spin us some magic. Let me see it. Yeah. So we're going to start with the, uh, is he elite? Is he not? Joe Flacco threw the ball 44 times. I'm looking, he's throwing the ball 44, 45, 44 times. Like old man Flacco still slinging it. 38 years old, uh, but completed 28 of them for 374 yards. All that yardage kind of helped alleviate his three interceptions he had, but he did also have the two touchdown passes. Um, and he finished his quarterback eight on the week. Flacco's probably my number one guy going forward for out of the fantasy. I like the waiver quarterbacks that could be available. He's going to Houston next week. We see Houston's kind of fighting for that playoff spot. We see D'Amico Ryan's just did a good job just holding. I mean, it is Will Levis, so is only so much you could do but uh how do they do against the quarterbacks let's see texans oh okay they allow two four six eight ten twelfth most points to quarterbacks you like to see that flacco's my number one guy yeah i really like flacco quite a bit too uh i think baker is also a guy he's a little higher owned but he's had uh back-to-back good weeks against atlanta and green bay he draws jacksonville this week Jacksonville looks deflated on offense. They look at on defense. Now, granted, their pass rush is pretty decent. They can get to the quarterback, which shakes Baker up in a little bit. But he, he's mobile-ish in the pocket. Mm. You know, you, you like to see him climb in the pocket, scrambling a little bit before he tosses the ball. So I, I think Baker's a great play if you're not able to get Flacco. And here's one that kind of surprised me. Um, and this will be after this, we just do some honorable mentions. But this guy surprised me. Uh, this particular quarterback before Monday night finishes, of course, he's quarterback seven this week, and he was quarterback for the last two weeks. Jake Browning. Jake Browning, who, again, also surprising, is 40%, 47% rostered in Yahoo, 37% ESPN. So I may be behind on this trend, but Browning is slant. They're playing the Steelers this upcoming week, who... Uh, they're pretty good against quarterbacks. Looks like they allow the 11 fewest points, but still he's getting the ball into the playmakers, kind of like the Brock Purdy adjacent. And we did talk about Chase may be banged up. It's keeping an eye on Higgins health. Um, but 
they're they're doing something right over in Cincinnati, giving Browning opportunities. So he, he is doing better than I expected. He is someone I'd be keeping an eye on. Yeah, this is the only team in the league that has had every single offensive line starter for every single game. So uh, they're keeping him protected. He's thrown over 220 yards in all four starts that he's had, and he's thrown over 320 yards in two of the last three. So uh, it's weird. It's crazy. He had his uh, – did you see him yelling the camera after the game? Very Kirk <laughs> Cousins-esque. But uh, you, you got to love it for the guy, the 27-year-old, fifth year in the league. Uh, go get yourself some highlights, buddy. It's very fun. And like I said, he's producing. I, I did not know 20 points per game. Like, here I am figuring out if I should start Patrick Mahomes or Justin Fields when it's like what the correct answer was Jake Browning the whole time. Absolutely. And then we've got uh, Derek Carr and uh, Mullins, as I think, like you said, honorable mentions. I, those are guys are going to definitely be out there. Scarier definitely. starts, but they've got decent matchups this week. Yeah. Tis the season for Mullen Wines, so... <laughs> I like it. All right, let's wrap it up with some defenses. Uh, it looks like we had a couple each. I'm going to start off with the Colts. Somehow they are only 46% owned. They are a top five defense over the year so far. This team, they're getting it done, especially since week eight. They have 19 sacks. They have seven fumbles forced, and they've also got uh, three, four, five, six, seven, nine interceptions over the last uh, since week eight. Uh, this team's great. They scored multiple touchdowns in that time. I think it's a, another good one, and I think they're great for the rest of the season. I feel like you know brought it up last week, but they got Atlanta this week, and then Aiden O'Connell in Week 17. So the Colts are definitely my favorite defense. Ooh, this one I'll say is a great Week uh, 16 filler, but you'll probably want to look elsewhere. Week 17. I'm going to talk about the Bengals, um, Cincinnati Bengals. They are playing. At Pittsburgh this week, but you may have seen the news. Mitch Trubisky is benched. They are going with Mason Rudolph. Neither guy scares you. So I really like that. Week 17, they do travel to Kansas City. We don't like that. Maybe Kansas City has the one seed wrapped up by then. And they just have, uh, you know, they're just resting everybody. But I love the Bengals for week 16 matchup. Look elsewhere for week 17. Are you at all nervous about the Christmas powers that he could be getting? You got Rudolph starting a couple nights Ooh. before Christmas. We're getting a Let little me run uh, those. Santa magic <laughs> sprinkled on there. I don't know. Oh, that you know, I don't think my formula is accounted for the Christmas bump. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to go elsewhere. So luckily, I have one other backup, and that will be the Packers defense. The Packers, you know, they did just look um, pretty bad against. Tommy DeVito just last week and they just look terrible about against Baker, but they're going against the Panthers. Bryce young doesn't scare me in the least bit. Um, so I love that. Any opportunity to face the Panthers. I'm a big fan of. And then uh, my last defense I'm going to throw out there. Now it's going to be rough. They had five touchdowns thrown on them last week by Jared Goff, but the Denver defense, they get new England this week and they get the chargers the week after. I think this is another great, um, you can pick them up and play them the next two weeks. This defense, they play pretty well. Uh, sacks have been unreal. They've had more than two sacks every game since week 10. Uh, forced fumbles in every game except last week. So I, I think this is a, a smash play as well. I love that. I love that you came prepared with defenses that were good for two weeks. And I was like, well, it's a, it's a week by week league. We don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. We don't know what quarterbacks are going to 
knocking on wood here, but we don't know what quarterbacks are going to be starting in week 17. So one week at a time. One week at a time. Oh, that's it. Hope everybody that's listening. And I mean, even if you're not in the playoffs, like we hope you had a good season, but we hope that you're continuing to crush it. Unless you're in my league uh, and you're listening, then I hope you didn't do so hot. But I'll have to say, thank you for continuing to listen as we get into the twilight of the waiver season uh, and the fantasy season overall. But for the playoff matchups and you know anything that you may just be as it gets close, be sure to check out our Discord. Be sure to check out our Star Sits. Be sure to check out our tight end guru. Brian and all of his great articles that he's putting out on the Thursdays. Um, and one more time, this is Mario Damo Jr. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Reddit. Um, usually in those start sit comments, just trying to help you guys put together the best lineups for your matchups. Brian, where can the good folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at too much underscore Brian. You can find me on Reddit uh, commenting on the what we saw articles. Of course, the tight end article that everybody looks forward to every week. Uh, and then if you're looking for a little off-season fun because we are going to be leaving you in the next couple of weeks, uh, check oh. me out on Too Much Movie Night and Too Much Shenanigans. Ooh, love that. All right, folks. Well, that is week 16 in the books. Good luck in your matchups this week. Hope we can help you win one. Bring it home. Yep. Stay tuned for the st- start-sit show. Two days. Here it comes. Here it comes.